The following program is a paid presentation. The views and or opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of Starnes Media Group or KWAM. Jim Shoemaker and Jason Harrington are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, it doesn't seem to matter. The common concern is always money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Welcome to Talk Money. Well, today we have a program that I think you're going to find to be interesting, informative, educational, entertaining, and so on and so on and so on. I have got a packed house today. We are. This is a program that you just want to just definitely pay attention. There's a lot of information, a lot of questions that you've asked, and we want to answer your questions. And of course, you know, I want to remind you, you can find our show, Talk Money, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Talk Money with Shoemaker, Jim Shoemaker and subscribe to our podcast if you would. Leave us a review. We would appreciate it. And this is information, and it's uh, educational. We're talking about subjects that um, I think you'll find to be very valuable. We're answering your questions, and I want to remind you, if you have a question for Talk Money, just send it to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. That's talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Today's program, pay attention. Here it is. We've got Shannon Dyson and Claire Green. Maybe I should have said Claire Green and Shannon Dyson. That would have been a much more appropriate way to do that. They're going to lead off with those questions that you're asking about Medicare enrollment. And what it's like, oh, it's so confusing. What do I do? We're going to dive into those questions for you. Jason Harrington is here. He's going to talk about some things that we all think about towards the end of the year. It's amazing. This is the fourth quarter. We're headed to December. We're headed to January. So he's going to help us get into get financially fit. And then a common program that it just seems I hate to it's, it's important because it's there, and that's about elder abuse. Rob Clement's going to walk us through some of the issues that we see here in the Mid-South when it comes to financial abuse, physical abuse, just things that we need to be sensitive about when it comes to being a caregiver for those of our elder generation. Well, let me just start off with Claire. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. And I, I guess I'll, Shannon, welcome to the program, sir. You said that reluctantly. Well, I did glad mean to be that here. reluctantly, Thank you. but uh, I just kind of looking at the two of you, I'm thinking, yeah, Claire does. I understand. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. That's, that's, I get that's it. just, <laughs> it's just the way it is. All right, guys, here's the question. Open enrollment, initial enrollment, enrollment, Medicare. Claire, mm. dive in. Help us get started. What's the big issues? Why is everybody so confused? We are in the thick of annual open enrollment at this moment. Uh, This is a great time for people to do these annual reviews of their prescription coverage, and they also have the opportunity to make a change to their Medicare Advantage plans if they want to. You're not required to make any changes, but this is the time to do that review and set that up if you'd like to make any changes. All right. So now, but now when we talk about making changes, what about that person that's got to make that decision? It's their first Mm. time. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just that reality is, 
oh, what do I do? I mean, I know you get flooded with an enormous amount of mail and, and the media's pounding it on the, you know, and so everybody's thinking, okay, I got to do this, but it gets confusing. Mm. So that's a great question. For a lot of people who are just transitioning into the Medicare world, it really does feel like an entirely different corner of healthcare than we're used to. And when you're approaching 65, we have this great three-month period leading up to your 65th birthday where you can start this process and sit down with someone like us and do a review and say, okay, what kind of plan is actually going to be best for me as I move into Medicare? I think I appreciate what you said because us is you and Shannon, and that's so critical for people listening. These guys know this subject. They are specialists. They spend the time and the energy to keep you from being confused. I know yesterday you and I were trying to share a conference room, and you were busy <laughs> as you could be. I was busy. We were just all trying, and you were. we were all working hard because this is that time where you get a lot of questions and concerns about what to do. Yeah, I think that the, you know this time of year, like you said, we're being bombarded with commercials about open enrollment with Medicare. Uh, people that have current prescription drug uh, plans that have been on Medicare for either this is their first year into Medicare or they've been on Medicare for four or five, six years, uh, really th- now is the time to reassess if the prescription plan that you have today, your prescription Part D plan, is the right plan for you. Um, a lot of times uh, companies will make changes on how your prescription is covered. Uh, you could have a prescription uh, this last year that was $5 when you went to the pharmacy to, to get it filled. Uh, if you looked at the paperwork they send you, which you get a lot of paperwork, so I know it is kind of tough, but that prescription could now be $50. Uh, so you always want to make sure that you're reviewing your current plan, and that's what this open enrollment's all about. It's not for people that are not 65 or turning 65. It's for people that have been on Medicare for some time. All right, you guys talk about Part D. That's prescriptions, drugs, right? That's right. Okay, so now if I'm talking about that, I'm going from a $5 copay to a $50 copay, uh, I can make a change. You can. That's right. And that's why we like to sit down and say, have you had any changes, additions, removal of any prescriptions to your list? We take into account the name, the dosage, the quantity, how often you fill it, what pharmacies you go to. All of these variables are going to tell us which plan is best for you the following year. Well, I want to make sure that I introduce everybody else in the program, too, because we've got a lot. We talked about financially fit with Jason Harrington, and this plays into that, knowing how to do that. And elder abuse, Rob Clement's going to talk about that. The reality is, guys, you all play an integral part as we think about working with a client, working with people that make the phone calls, ask the questions, and you're talking about going through all of those prescription things and and making the it is confusing. So, Claire and Shannon, if I understood you correct, uh, if I get something in the mail and I'm currently on a drug plan, uh, I should bring it in to you and we review it because I may have a concern about one of my prescriptions going up uh, in price? Yeah, one of, the, one of the things that I think a lot of people don't realize is when we do the first review to, to figure out what prescription plan that you should be on, uh, one change in that prescription plan could drastically change the amount that you pay per year and which company that you should go with. And you wouldn't think that one prescription change would make that kind of difference. Uh, or the pharmacy that you use. Let's say you're, you're using Walgreens this, this year and you decide you don't want to use Walgreens anymore, you want to go to somewhere else. Well, if you make that change, you could be out of network with the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So you always want to make sure that if you're making any changes at all, even if you think they're just a small, it doesn't matter, I can go to yeah, that's, I, I mean, I hate to it's say this. It's not a big deal, but it is. It can be a really big deal. And mm-hmm. so 
again, the confusion is there. The paperwork is robbed. As you mentioned, all the paperwork comes in. And yet, at the same time, Jason, you're telling everybody in a few minutes about getting in financially fit. This is when you need to be thinking about this process. No, absolutely. One of the the first steps to being financially fit is having open conversation about this, making inventory of the things you have and the things that you may need and thinking about. It. I had a client, you know, I'd be curious to hear your y'all's opinion on this, who uh, relocated across state lines and mm-hmm. You know, they saw all this information about what do I do now with my uh, my my health coverage and my pharmacy plan because my pharmacist was in a different state. And so what do I do now? And those are the kind of things that you look at when you're trying to get financially fit. And that's exactly where we love to step in and be the client's advocate and say, okay, you know, this plan worked well for you when you lived here, but now we live in a different zip code. So we need to do an analysis and say, we might need to switch plans here because your costs are going to skew drastically. Well, I think you guys are doing a great job of laying this out that it is confusing. So what I want to come back, I want to ask you, if I'm still working, this is the question, if I'm still working, Do I need to do anything with Medicare at this point? And we'll come back and answer that question. And then I want to find out what do you do when Medicare B, I know Medicare, the B portion, is income-based. I really find out there's a lot of people get concerned about that. If you just tuned in, I'm talking with Claire Green and Shannon Dyson. We're talking about what you do with Medicare. It is confusing, but they're answering your questions, and they will stay with us for the next few minutes on the program. Then we're going to talk about being financially fit and what do you have to do with a plan. It's a comprehensive plan. It's doing it now. And Rob Clements is going to help us with elder abuse. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Well, welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM, the mighty 990. You can find our show, Talk Money, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to a podcast. Just simply search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker and subscribe to our podcast. And please leave us a review, Uh, a good review or whatever, a review, whatever. Okay. All right, we are talking with Claire Green and Shannon Dyson, and a subject that is so confusing to some people, they just literally get caught in it and can't move through it. And it just, it really, I think, according to you guys, you call us all the time about it, you ask questions about it. The telephone number is 901-757-5757 if you want to talk to Claire or to Shannon about what you're trying to do right now that is your time for enrollment or you want to make a change and you want somebody to just help you through that. It's a free call. Don't worry about that. Just simply call them at 901-757-5757. Let me ask you guys this. We get this all the time. I'm still working. Do I have to do anything? Shannon, I'm going to go with you. Do I have to do anything about Medicare? Am I, do I have to do it? Do I mean, is it required? What, what's, com, what's the command when Medicare, if I'm still working? Yeah, if you're still working, you have a choice on whether you uh, want to continue. If, you're, if your employer has a group health plan, 
uh, whether you want to continue on to that plan or if you want to choose Medicare. Uh, one thing that I would say is the, the choice for whether to go into Medicare or stay on a group plan, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's an individual decision uh, based on individual characteristics that are going on in your life. If you have free health care from your employer, you may want to keep that. Uh, but if you're paying a lot of money out of pocket for the insurance that you have and you may have a high deductible with your group plan, uh, you may want to look at Medicare. Just look at the cost and see if it is a good fit for you. A lot of people think that their employer plan is a better plan than Medicare. Is that true? It can be. Uh, there, I've seen employer plans that I would consider if I were looking at the two and saying, is this employer plan better than what you get with Medicare? And I'd say, yeah, I could make that argument. More times than not, when I'm looking at plan differences and uh, what you actually get plan-wise with Medicare and a Medicare supplement, um, as far as the plan goes, I would choose the Medicare and Medicare supplement many, many times just because the coverage is so good. Coverage is good price-wise. Claire, what about the supplement? Is is the supplement the key here? Is it? I mean, I've had people say, okay, uh, you know, my doctor doesn't take Medicare patients. Therefore, I'm going to keep my employer plan. Is that the thought process? And is the supplement really a good supplement? I mean, how do you go about finding the right supplement? The supplement, what's interesting about those is no matter which carrier you go with, the coverage of a supplement is going to be the same across the board. So the difference really comes in when we're looking at pricing. And when comparing having a supplement versus not, I'm going to recommend getting a supplement all day because that's going to cover most, if not all, of the out-of-pocket costs that would normally be associated with Parts A and B of Medicare. So having that supplement's key. All right. A is covering the hospital cost. B covers the doctor cost. And D, back to all the vitamins. <laughs> you know, <laughs> A, B, and D. Not the vitamins. <laughs> Not the, the D covers the drugs. And That's so right. now talk to me. I mean, this is a question. When I, when I start Medicare, okay, and I'm, and I'm enrolled, do I have to do a D? I don't take any meds. Why mm. do I need a D? Why, but I don't want to pay the cost. We get that question all the time. And the answer is you do. You do need a prescription plan, even if you're not currently taking anything. And the reason being is that you're going to get a penalty. Once you do eventually enroll, you'll get a pretty hefty penalty for not having had one when you were initially eligible. Um, so a lot of people say, I'm not taking anything right now. Well, I know exactly which plan is going to be the best option for you right now. Let's say next year, though, you're on that plan and you do get prescribed something in May. That's when you call us and say, okay, we put me on this plan. What pharmacy is going to have the most affordable costs for this prescription I just got added? And we'll talk through that process and get you going in the right direction. You know what I appreciate that you guys do? And again, their telephone number is 901-757-5757. You don't just take care of it today. You're answering the phone call for them next year. And you're constantly helping them through that process. And I, and I feel like, what if you would, describe the difference, because, again, this is one of the questions we get. Literally, what's the difference between Medicare Supplement and Medicare Advantage? So Medicare Supplements, uh, the, the main difference uh, are the doctors. So with a Medicare Supplement, there is no doctor network. Uh, when you're part of a group health plan, you've heard of a PPO network or an HMO. Uh, with a supplement, there are no networks. So you can go to any doctor that accepts Medicare. Uh, with a Medicare Advantage plan, uh, you do have some additional copays that you pay when you go to the doctor. But the main difference there is that you do have a network of doctors, and it's a regional network of doctors. So if you are uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, 
and you have an Advantage plan, uh, your doctors are regional around Memphis. If you go out of town or out of state, you're out of network at that point, and the level of coverage that you get drops significantly. Drops significantly. Yeah. All right. That's important to know. Question with that in mind, literally the question came up, I'm about to go on a mission trip. What do I, I mean, the reality is I'm going out of network, I'm going out of the country. Is Medicare going to cover? Yeah, the easiest answer to that is you will have some coverage with a Medicare supplement. Uh, there are There is international coverage. Um, for if, if you get the sniffles and you want to go to the doctor, um, you're going to be paying for that out of pocket. Uh, if you end up in the hospital, you will be able to file that claim with your Medicare supplement provider. Uh, we'd also recommend looking into just other options that are available for travel, travel insurance, and things like that if you, if you are going out of the country. So if you're going out of the country, make a phone call. Absolutely. Yep. 901-757-5757. It is open enrollment. Now, open enrollment is set for the times every year, October the 15th to 12th, no, December the 7th. I'll get it out, December the 7th. Now, but guys, if I'm saying open enrollment, initial enrollment is different. That's right. Explain the difference. So your initial enrollment is when you're approaching age 65. It's three months prior to your birth month, the actual month of your birthday, and then the three months following. So you have a seven-month window to get everything lined up for your Medicare coverage. Wow. You guys know you're talking about, and I so much appreciate that. And when we talk about this, and I'm going to, I mean, literally, Jason, this leads into exactly what you're talking about all the time. When you talk about being financially fit, they're giving us an insight into Medicare, Medicare supplements, Part A, B, and D, and all that. But when you talk about literally being financially fit, this is a this is the area where we think about trying to do a comprehensive plan, trying to have some idea of where you're headed, so that you're not just making mistakes. Absolutely, I think this conversation is it, it, for our listeners ought to be a little bit of an eye-opener of what kind of depth goes into creating the comprehensive. You hear the word comprehensive a lot. Well, we've talked a lot about that. But with regard to step one of getting financially fit, I mean, we, uh, you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan in place and you have to establish goals. And I want to make a couple of comments about goal setting. Um, and I'm sure everyone at this table can can resonate with this and our, our listeners might as well. Um, Goals have to be, uh, you have to be able to articulate your, your objectives with some level of specifics. For instance, oftentimes we hear people come in and say, my goal is to be financially uh, comfortable, or I want to uh, take care of my family. Um, and whereas those are a good first step toward you thinking about your financial fitness, if you will, uh, those goals are a little ambiguous. What uh, We'd like to work with our clients and help them be able to articulate what does take care of your family actually mean? What does being comfortable mean? Because I, I don't want to make that assumption because my comfort level and your comfort level may be very different. So I think step one with a good financial plan is to be able to articulate your goals with some level of specifics. So what you're talking about, articulation of your goals, is what do you plan? What do you want and, and why do you want it? And then kind of I put, put the whole plan around that mindset. Prioritization is really what you're talking about. Yeah, you can't, uh, you can't prioritize 
something that is not well defined. And so what we would like to encourage our clients to take that conversation to the next step. What does comfort mean? Where do you want to live? How do you want to live? What are activities you want to be a part of? What kind of lifestyle do you think you you will live long-term and short-term? If you are able to articulate those uh, pretty accurately, then it helps to make decisions now a lot easier. It's easier for me to forego... you know, Starbucks or forego uh, something that I may consider a luxury uh, if I know exactly what I'm trying to, why I'm foregoing that luxury, because I have some greater good in mind. So you're talking really about the whole idea behind prioritization, knowing what you're trying to do, writing it down, putting it together. When we come back, I want you to talk about, you say that, but where do I start? I mean, how do I get into it? If you just tuned in, you're listening, of course, to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. I've got a whole group here that's really helping us understand some things. And really, right now, being financially fit is so important. And Jason Harrington's walking us through that. Just remind you, you can get this on a podcast if you'd like. Talk Money at Shoemaker Financial or just Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Stay with us because we want you to come back in just a few minutes. And, and be sure to listen to what he's going to say about being financially fit. Where do you start? That's critical. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to KWAM, the Mighty 990. This is Talk Money. My guest today. It's been already, we talked to Claire Green and Shannon Dyson about Medicare open enrollment or initial enrollment. All the confusion and questions that we have about Medicare, you don't have to do much just to listen to the program or give them a call at 901-757-5757. Jason Harrington is walking us through some very specifics when it comes to getting financially fit, knowing the why that you do the plan. And that's really critical. Elder abuse coming up. And some of the best things that I can say about this is we're going to give you some ways of looking for warning signs of elder abuse. That's Rob Clement. He'll be up in the next part of the program. But Jason, let me ask you this. We've talked about this whole idea of setting a goal, prioritizing, knowing the why, all this, you know, the aspect of that. But let me, where do you get started? Because I tell you, it is difficult to think about all the things that you got to do and then say, okay, now I get started and I stop. I procrastinate and it never happens. I think one of the one of the culprits for procrastination is just kind of the the way we live today with regard to technology. Um, you know, the first thing to do is a very simple statement, but can be very daunting for many. And that is just to start to collect your financial stuff. Um, and the reason I say that can be daunting is where is all of my financial stuff? I mean, you do paperless billing, you do paperless statements, everything's sort of stuck out there on the internet somewhere. You signed up for one page and you used one password. Uh, you signed up another place, use another pat, and guess what? You can't remember the password, so now you have to reset and all that good stuff. So that can be a bit of a, a daunting challenge to start to inventory all of your financial stuff. Jason, one of the things I've seen over the years is that when uh, people come into the office, sometimes they feel a little intimidated, 
And the reason they feel intimidated is some of the things you just said is because they don't feel like they've got it together yet. Right. And one of the little acronyms that I've uh, found has been helpful for clients is to use the word SMART. And we always say, we want you to be a SMART client. So SMART is specific goals, right? right? They need to be measurable. They need to have some action to them that you're going to take. They need to be realistic, and you've talked about that a bit already, and they need to have a definite timeline that you want to accomplish those goals. So how, did you, how do you incorporate that, Jason? Well, I think that that is uh, part of the way you incorporate that. goes back to what I was saying earlier on is that you can't measure something that is a little bit ambiguous. ambiguous. You have to be able to define and articulate that. Well, let me ask you this before you say that, ambiguous. I mean, I think some people, some people struggle with procrastination. I know nobody around this table that does that. I, I actually graduated, got a master's degree in that. So I'm very, very, very good at that. So here's the reality. What, how do you talk about strengths and weaknesses when it comes to planning? That, to me, is so important for the client. You talk about smart. I appreciate that. But the reality is if I'm going to procrastinate, I'm going to procrastinate. That's true. And, you know, what, what I've found, especially in dealing with couples, is that you know, when someone's been married for a good bit of time, they, they do have strengths and weaknesses in their uh, in the financial operations of the way they run their household. Somebody is usually uh, really organized, and but then the other one is uh, maybe a, a vision caster and really good at talking through uh, and thinking through the vision for their family. And it takes both partners to work together and, and in congruency. So when you're talking about what your strengths and weaknesses are, some people spend money really well. Some people struggle and, and trying to figure out what they, what they want to spend their money on. Yeah, one of the things, um, Jason, that I heard you say in the uh, in the last segment was, um, you know, you, th- you think about the financial plan and, and how you're going to get to where you want to be, and you're going to have to make sacrifices. But why are you actually making the sacrifices that you're making? I thought that was really really powerful to because if you don't understand why you're making the sacrifices you probably won't do it at the end of the day. Absolutely. Part of the getting started process is to look at where you are now, start to identify the way you're spending money and what you're spending your money on. And that's hard because you hear the word budget. Budget kind of seems to you know, elicit this restrictive kind of uh, mindset. But really what you start with is not necessarily putting yourself on a budget. It's just identifying where you spend money and being able to identify the expenses that are the things we have to spend our money on are lights or groceries and the other things that we might put in a category of luxury. And then we start having the conversation of if we need to make financial decisions, are we willing to forego some of these luxuries? And if you know why you're doing what you're doing, it's easier to say no to certain luxury things. That's a great statement. It eliminates some of that procrastination that I was talking about. So maybe I won't procrastinate is what you're saying. Is that possible? No. No. Okay. That's not possible. Okay. Here's the thought. (laughs) Here's the thought then. You've said have a plan, a comprehensive plan. You need to have ways to measure the plan. To get started, I liked what you said, you know, get organized, collect your information, know what you're trying to do, look at your strengths and your weaknesses. Then you said define your goals. And Shannon, you mentioned why. That's so important. But let me ask you this. Give me the kind of that emergency mindset because everybody thinks about it. Yeah, what happens? I'm doing this plan. But what happens if I get a train wreck? Absolutely. I, you know, this is my 21st year to be in, in this business. I've dealt with a lot of families. And one of the things that's just has borne out time and time again, even with my own personal life, is that 
having a disciplined routine of saving money for emergencies is what financially successful people just do. Um, and I think we think of it in terms of, well, what if I have a train wreck? What if my refrigerator goes out? What if I have some sort of financial bump in the road? But I think it goes much more deeper than that. It, people that have healthy cash reserves um, are able to handle and, and manage if they have three to six months worth of uh, of their uh, income or their expenses set aside, then uh, they're able to manage life's bumps. But more important than that, people who don't have that, they live every day wondering when the other shoe is going to drop. Mm, that's a good uh, point. And if they and when you're living like that, it really hinders your ability to make financial decisions. All right, let me make sure we get this together because I think people need to understand. Being financially fit is about establishing a prior and prioritizing a goal, knowing what you're trying to accomplish, why you're trying to accomplish. That is so, and that is not so. And sometimes you need. I know people that have needed counseling just to do that. Absolutely, it is so much going on. You mentioned all the the noise that's going on. So that can that can be just a a very difficult aspect of getting started, knowing what you're trying to do. Then I, I like what you, you said because I think you, you kind of tied it together. If you kind of got an idea and you've defined your goals, then you get all your data together, stay focused at it, have an emergency fund, three to six months, and you know, knowing that, that right. you know that you can not worry about that shoe falling. That is so critical. And I guess the point is that you've got it all set aside, you got your priorities. Okay, now if I've done that. What's next in this process? What do I need to write down to say, here's where I'm going? I think the conversation we've had earlier in the show is a great segue. And you need to take a look at your benefits at work uh, and your uh, your current insurance packages. Um, I love the fact that we have uh, Shannon and Claire and their team over there because some benefits packages at work today can be really complicated. Just trying to figure out, do I have this coverage, do I not? And you need to understand how your what your work is providing for you and not just what your work is providing for you, but how those benefits intermingle in your overall objective. Um, are you taking advantage of your company-sponsored retirement plans? Uh, I think we've looked at stats that talk about the, the many, many, many dollars that are left on the table that are free. Uh, your company's giving you a match, and there are many people who just either procrastinate and January turns into November really fast, and they've missed all of those months uh, of accumulating free matching dollars that your, that your company is, is looking at. I think also just to add to that, um, you know, reviewing your, your home and auto insurance that you have every year, um, maybe not every year, but at least at a minimum every other year, uh, those prices continue to go up. And if you're not paying attention or if it's on an auto draft or it's being paid through your mortgage, you may not see or even look at how, how expensive the premiums are that you're paying. So making sure that you do that review on those types of coverages. Oh, that is absolutely right. The review part and uh, setting up regular reviews is a critical part to financial planning. Looking at that, we have so many things that are automated um, that you just forget to do it. And then finally, the, the bottom line is to just develop good money habits, uh, good long-term money habits. Um, the best way to keep a resolution 
is through re- reviews and, and good habits and consistency. You know, I so much appreciate what you've said. Being financially fit is somebody taking a proactive stance with their money. You're, we're stewards. We've been entrusted with a certain amount of money. Being a steward is just managing how we do it. This is a biblical press, you know, a, a, an idea that God's given us a precept of being a biblically good steward, managing it, being financially fit, looking at it from a big picture, and not just letting it happen. That is so so critical. I appreciate what you said. That's yeah, great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. If you just tuned in, we're talking with Jason Harrington. We've been talking with Claire Green and Shannon Dyson, but coming up in the next part of the program is Rob Clement. He is going to define some of these big issues that we find and how do you identify elder abuse. You don't want to miss this. This is serious. We've got a lot of questions that you've asked about it. We're going to do our best to answer them. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. You can find our show, Talk Money, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Subscribe to our podcast and It'll kind of send us a review. Leave us a review. We would appreciate it. My guest is Rob Clement. Now, this is a subject that we literally, I mean, some have called this kind of the crime of the century, and it's really elder abuse. This is a crime that, I mean, it's difficult to detect and it's difficult to investigate. And the reality is if you think you see it and someone's being financially exploited or physically abused, report it. The problem that we find from the National Adult Protective Services Association is that one in 44 cases of senior abuse, senior financial abuse are ever reported. And it's a problem, folks. This is this is a concern. I mean, it's just reality. It's big time in our city. It's big time in our state and our region. And I want Rob to walk us through some of the issues. And we get questions about this. We get concerns. Just yesterday, I'm talking to someone about it. And of course, Rob, you do a great job about this, but I want to lead in and ask you the first question is, what are some of the warning signs that people need to be thinking about when it comes to elder abuse? Jim, I'm going to turn the tables on you. I'm going to ask you if this is truth or myth, that when you're alone or isolated, do you think differently than you do when you're not isolated? I think it's definitely you think long, you're differently when you're isolated. Uh, exactly, and that's the one of the major areas that we're concerned about is isolation. We've just now are coming through a pandemic and we're dealing with still the COVID and people are still isolating themselves and particularly seniors. So isolation is the first thing that's a major concern if you're talking to somebody that you're caregiving about. You talk about isolation. Are you saying the person that's not involved with anybody or the family can't come around? I mean, that's a real big problem today. And as you brought it up first and foremost, what would you say to somebody who's, who's really found themselves isolated? Well, you begin with a conversation. You begin just asking them, okay, how are you feeling? What's going on today with you? What are we going to do and what do you want to do tomorrow? So you get them not only recognizing that they're isolated, because sometimes people don't even realize that. They, they start cocooning and they start withdrawing. And then you watch out for new people that they've let enter their lives. And that's the second thing that we want to watch out for. All of a sudden, as a caregiver or a loved one, you all of a sudden see them being 
cared by somebody else and you don't even know that person. Or maybe it might even be a family member that they've let come into their their inner circle. And you want to watch out for that too because it's all about keeping them safe and away from any abuse. So when you talk about the family member, I know a lot of cases involved, especially financial abuse, it involves that family member. Absolutely. So tell me, I mean, how would you, here you are working with that in your practice, in your practice you work with a lot of senior citizens. What are you What are you asking this, this caregiver that just popped up, the son, daughter, nephew, niece, whatever? Yeah, any one of those uh, could be a potential issue. And uh, and most of the time, people that are family members start with a sincere heart. I, I really want to give them credit that they start sincerely. But then there can be things that pop up like frustration with that senior because they are ending up having a, uh, an individual that uh, can somewhat be stubborn or sit in their ways. And so that uh, nephew, niece, son, daughter can uh, think, can begin to think in their own mind. They rationalize, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this for this person because they can't really handle it themselves." So we want to watch out for that individual. I know one of the things, Rob, that we deal with a, a good bit is um, the trusted person in the circle, and and really working with uh, the the elder person to identify that trusted person. Um, I know we all probably have stories of someone who that decision wasn't made made wisely. And when money's involved uh, and big decisions are involved, then uh, you ask, do people think clearly alone uh, or isolated or with people? People also don't think clearly when uh, when money's involved sometimes. That's right. And in, in, in our industry, we have a little section on some forms that we fill right. out. Who's your trusted contact? And that's one of the things, Jason, we want to watch out for is changing that trusted contact. So we want to ask questions, why are you changing that trusted contact? And uh, because then it leads to changing legal documents, uh, things like wills, things like trust, things like insurance beneficiaries. So we want to very much give them wise guidance when they come to us and they ask, okay, hey, I want to have this person now take control of this area for me financially. So trusted contact is a great place to be careful about. We could all talk about some of the biggest issues. I mean, we've all got cases where we've seen this happen, where the new friend shows up or somebody like that. And so I appreciate your, your talking about that. Now, Rob, help me understand. If we, if we say it happens, and Jason talks about it, Jason's talking about the trusted advisor, I'm sure Shannon and Claire's got the same issues that they're talking about. So here we have this trusted advisor that's maybe we're concerned. How do we go about if we suspect elder abuse, what should we do? I mean, this, there's got to be some definitive things to say, this is your step, first step, second step. What would you tell our listening audience? Well, I think, first of all, I have a conversation with that uh, particular uh, elder uh, to ask them questions without that other person there. So you pull them away from the other Either person? Either in a phone call okay. or in a personal one-on-one meeting to ask them to describe what's going on in their life. So I'm asking general questions about their lifestyle right now and how they're coping with the various issues, either health issues maybe that have arisen, or in this case, you know, we're talking financial issues. So I'm asking them, how's your budget holding up? Do you see uh, any big expenses coming up? 
And that's really teeing it up to watch out for that individual that's coming in and saying, oh, but mom or dad, you need a new car now, or you need a, you know, a, another large purchase, or, you know, I need some money because my family and I are going to go to this big vacation. Can I get that money from you? So those are questions that, uh, that help me as I filter through with that individual. I like what you're saying. It's kind of like you knowing what's going on in that person's life and who is involved in help preventing the bad actors from showing up. And, you know, I've had it where I've been on the phone with the elder and I've been talking to them and they're telling me things. It's like, wait a minute, where's this coming from? Where's this coming from? And finally, I was paying a little bit more attention. I could hear the caregiver in the back saying this, saying this. And and I finally said, time out, you know, yeah, let's uh, let me just talk to him or talk to her. Right. You know what that stands for. When do you act, Rob? We just got a few minutes left. When do you act? When do you take charge? When do you move in? Yeah, as quickly as possible. So uh, we need to not delay reporting if we think that there is elder abuse. And and it does not hurt at all to uh, reach out to some of the folks that are professionals there. That We're going to give a number out here shortly of who to call and let them know, hey, I think there may be something going on. So reporting it is the first place to start and do it as soon as possible. And it does not, uh, there's no harm in doing that because you're wanting to protect that elder. I know some people feel like, well, you know, I don't want to do you know, this guy, but you have to. So let me give you that telephone number. If it's local, Memphis and Shelby County, the telephone number is 901 901- 222-4100-901-222-4100. That's the Family Safety Center, and uh, that's important for you to do that. That's 222-4400. So 901-222-4400. We'll give you another number for uh, if you want to go national with that in a second. But, Rob, reporting it, I know that can create a problem. I can remember one particular case I read about where the guy didn't want to report it because this caregiver had become my best friend. And it worked out to be thousands of dollars that this person took, scammed from them. That's a difficult thing. Yeah, but uh, that again goes to that point of uh, act immediately because uh, you can help prevent that uh, by just being proactive with that individual that you love and care for and want to make sure that they're protected and their finances are protected. Well, I think that's critical for everybody. Just know that you need to do that. I want to thank my guests, Jason Harrington, Rob Clement, Shannon Dyson, Claire Green. You can reach them, 901-757-5757. You're talking about elder abuse. We're talking about being financially fit and knowing the questions and concerns that you have with Medicare. It's open enrollment time. Next week, David Rochester will be here talking about how to take charge of your 401k plan. Scott Jordan is giving back, being philanthropic here in Memphis, Tennessee. And Michael Powell will discuss being principles, those real principles being of personal finance. You'll want to miss that. You can find our show, Talk Money, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Subscribe to our podcast, of course, and leave us a review. We would appreciate it. That's Wednesday and Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on KWAM, the mighty 990. If you have questions, send them to Talk Money at shoemakerfinancial.com. Thank you for listening. We're here every week helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Jason Harrington are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.